connecting. Can you hear me? Uh-huh. unlimited because like my guests I have yet to see all that God has for me and I do not wish to be put in a box tonight I have beautiful Cassandra Durham with me very interesting woman a minister author inspirational speaker and currently along with being an advocate she has created a candle company welcome Mrs. Cassandra thank you thank you for having me how are you beautiful listen doing well doing well for some reason, you know, I'm not even going to say for some reason. I am just, it's like God, God's just blessing me and putting you awesome people in front of me to interview. So thank you for coming on the show. Absolutely. You know what? Um, this is one of the um, things, you know, I love to talk. So, you know, <laughs> I get to talk. You know, I'm pretty happy with it. You're not a Gemini, are you? No, Virgo. Okay, my sister's a Virgo. She talks too. <laughs> we often talk about this. So let's start with, so you're a resident of Raleigh, North Carolina? Mm -hmm. Yes. Born and raised? Mm -mm, Lord, no. So I'm actually from this little town in High Point, uh, uh, in North Carolina called High Point. Used to be the furniture and textile capital of um, of the world, but because of you know NAFTA and all that other stuff. But yeah, still a fair amount of furniture made in the United States is still made in High Point. Okay, so do the people in High Point and or the people in Raleigh do they realize they've got a famous person in awakening it among them? Yeah, listen, around here we are dime a dozen. We are dime a dozen, right? <laughs> because so many people um at least in my perception um i think that so many people are doing their own thing that i just think we're a dime a dozen like you know you yes, find so let's start with the beginning um i want to know what did you start first you've got a few things that you're doing um what's what was the first dream what did you Let's start with this. What did you dream of doing? Oh, man. So none of the things that I'm doing now. So my dream, my plan for my life was I was going to um, 
go to school, get my PhD. I was going to teach adult learners. Um, that was my dream. I was not about all this other stuff that God had for me. And so in my processing of um, going to school and after I got my first master's, um, I knew something was a little shady because I was walking across the stage getting my master's and God spoke to me and said, seminary school. And I said, oh, uh-uh, no, I have, I'm getting a PhD program and I'm going to do that and I'm going to teach and life is going to be great. And so um, he said it to me again, um, seminary school. And so I'm glad I listened, though, because I, I did go to PhD. I did go um, did one year in my PhD program. But he was on me so much about seminary, seminary, seminary. I was like, oh, my God. So I left my Ph.D. program and went to seminary. And okay. um, because that set me up for this. That, that just set you up for this. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But you were trying to run away at first. Right. Because I was like, you know, I have a plan. You know, we know that God has a purpose and a plan for our lives. But I had yeah. one too. And so right. I wanted to do what I wanted to do. And That's that was right. right. I was going to make a few dollars. You know, I was going to work half days. You know, okay. life was going to be good. But God was like, girl, bye. You so, so do you have those half days or that's not working either? That is not working. I have not had a half day. I don't know in, in if ever, you know, um, okay. because he was setting me up for the books and for ministry with seminary because people um there are some people in this country some evangelicals who still require you to have the initials okay okay um, but the thing about it is i can have all the initials i want but if i don't have his anointing ha huh, yeah 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 if i don't have his anointing i ain't doing nothing no way so you know and so um and that's a, so that set up, that opened the door for the books and stuff like that because i started actually my journey into writing was writing facebook devotionals i just started writing what he was saying to me i get up in the morning and i pray and i drink my coffee and i just began to just just literally just type out on facebook years ago this was like nine years ago what he would say to me and and literally i seen my life transform as a result of that Wow. So you started with running a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So yeah. then um, you became a minister. Mm -hmm. Yep. Absolutely. absolutely. Okay. When you became a minister, I know, well, I read mm -hmm. that you were an advocate and I'm not trying to get off of the minister part, mm -hmm. but you're an advocate for African-American women with HIV. Absolutely. So you, go ahead. Were you, did you come to that by way of ministry? No. So um, I this is very interesting thing. So I think the first man I was ever in love with, absolutely in love with, completely platonic. That man would think about me like that. But yes. we were really good friends. <laughs> I mean, he was he was not like uh, um, but we was really good friends, and I loved him. But he had HIV, and um, I saw how he was treated. This was in the late 80s early 90s and i've always been the champion of the underdog like i've always been the person that would jump in somebody else's fight i was always the person that would take up for somebody else and i acted so crazy at the nursing home i worked at they was like girl you need to go to school for social work because you have because uh child uh-uh mm -mm, this is not your calling baby and um 
and that's how I got into HIV. So I went to, um, I actually started volunteering at a local aid services organization, which is Triad Health Project. They're still in business. And um, I and, and we would do food food bags back then. So you would go to people's house who were dying with bags of food for their family. And my heart just broke because I just cannot understand how, you know, back then I know we had so many preconceived notions about who co contracted HIV, but, but if you really look at it, just sex. I mean, it's yes, just, man. you know, and I don't know about that, but listen, people is having sex still. So, <laughs> you know, and so for me, God never told me to sit in the seat of judgment about people. God said to me, show love. I have called you to show love because with love and kindness, I have drawn thee. So it ain't my job to get all off on the things that people, I don't care how you got HIV. It don't make me no difference. But what I am going to do is I'm going to teach you how to advocate for yourself so that even though, even though you have this diagnosis, it doesn't end your life. It may change it a little bit, but you can go on and do anything you want to do. Yes, ma'am. Daya says um, for you, anointing and power is better than a title and a number and numbers absolutely yes i would rather be anointed baby and by myself in a day because i'm telling you <laughs> the thing about the anointing of god the bible says it is the anointing that destroys the yoke of bondage okay so i can have as many i can have more degrees than a thermometer but if i'm not anointed i'm not going to destroy any yokes of the enemy and and, and the thing about the power that comes from the anointing it absolutely changes lives because you think about how many people can speak a word to you, can speak a word in your life with that power, and it changes your situation. Absolutely. Yes, I would rather and, have the anointing any day. And I always say it's better. Well, I'm going to say better to be anointed because you got folks out here. Everybody ain't called as giving the word, but that's right. another subject. Right. right. And I yes. want anointing because when, 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 you know, now, I tell people, I don't walk around here like Superman. Oh, no, 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 no. It don't work for me like that. They're, you know, whatever, different stuff with different folks. But when the anointing of God falls on me, it is usually to do his work and to do whatever he wants done. So it ain't even mine. So I can't so, take no So when it was the HIV that was presented to you, were you hesitant? Or did you just know, right? You I just, knew. You just I knew. knew. It was one of those things. It's one of those moments that you have in life where you absolutely know that this is the door I'm going to walk in. And I don't care who don't like it. Because yeah. when when my friend died, when Carlos died, I was devastated. Like, I couldn't believe, like, how could he be gone? You know, and so then, like I said, as I volunteered at this agency, I began to meet other people. And I'm like, how... What you mean you got to eat on a paper plate? What you mean? Because this was the late 80s, early 90s. Yes, you know, so what you mean your mama won't let you in the house? Why not? You know, so I've always been one of those people of like, why? You know, um, because we got to think about who is still being impacted. So African-American women have always been disproportionately impacted by HIV. All right. I don't know about it. I'm, I'm black. Like, I'm blackity black, black. Okay. So, you know. My sisters, the people that I grew went to high school with, the people I went to elementary school with, the people that I've been knowing all my life are dying. And I had a really good friend 
to die just because she was involved with an older man who was using intravenous drugs, but she didn't, she didn't even know. And so for me, I've always taken the stance of I am going to stand up. I am going to advocate for you. And then I am going to teach you how to do it for yourself because I can advocate for you all day long. But until you step into the ring and say, listen, this is my, because see, I'm, I'm, I don't have HIV, but what I can do is I can show you how to get in position where you can advocate for yourself and say, no, excuse me, that, that is unacceptable to me. You know? So that's the thing is that I think that we're, not only were we living in a time, but we're still living in the same time where we have to teach people to advocate for themselves because some people just don't get it. That that's right. And some people and a lot of times we can't get other people to advocate for us because for some reason it has to touch them. It mm-hmm. has to happen to somebody they know mm-hmm. before they will even think about speaking out, raising money, or helping others. You know what I mean? Yes. And I've always been. I've, I've, I've always believed this right here. Even back in the day, I've always known the doors you open for other people, God will open for you. Yes, ma'am. So, you know, and my, my thing is this. It is only through God's grace and mercy I didn't get HIV because I did everything they were doing. What you see? You, you know what? You know what? You're going to have to come back on the show. <laughs> because... It, it's it's something that you said that there will be people that will frown at the woman that has HIV, mm-hmm. yet they could have been doing the same thing as her, except the only difference is there's evidence. She's yeah. shown evidence, and they were lucky enough not to have the evidence. Come on now. Come on now. That's you, the you Because I even say that now, I'm like, it's just sex. Even in my professional life now, because I still work in the field of HIV. Um, I do more clinical training stuff. I always say this right here. But for the grace of God, there go I. Because it ain't many of us walking around here that ain't had no sex. I'm sorry. Let me go ahead and tell you. you. And all that sex wasn't protected, okay? Sometimes you went over and you looked over that joker and you was like, Your whole arm off to get away from them. I mean, you know, and then you know what other people are doing. And so that's that's the other thing that I advocate for women is that you have to be in charge. You are responsible for your body and you're responsible for the sex that you have. Uh, Yeah, he's going to be fine, girl. That's how they come. They come fine, but you still going to wear rubber. So you have to teach women to advocate. And some of the self-esteem and self-worth workshops I've done with women, that's what we do. I have had some of the finest dudes to come in my class and his job was to get to persuade her to have sex without a condom. Her job was to persuade him to have sex with the condom, you know, and we did role play because see, we can do anything we want to do, but it's two o'clock in the morning when it's at your house, <laughs> you know, you got to yes. make a choice, you know, yes. So yes, ma'am. Try to empower women to make, because when you start, taking care of your sexual health and becoming responsible for your sexual health, you start showing up in other areas of your life too. Because what we find is that you also find out that you don't really need pookie half as much as you think you do because you can take yourself to the place and get your own hair done and get your own little outfit from City Trends or whatever. And that's right. You know, you know, because you do, once you teach, once you really start working with women and giving them the empowerment and the strength that they need to stand up for themselves and advocate for themselves, it, it does, it manifests in every 
area of their lives because then you start seeing where they like okay she was with popcorn and pookie this week but maybe next week in two or three weeks she's like you know what miss cassandra i really you know i've been really staying home with my kids yes ma'am so yes ma'am so before we move to the books um I, I don't want you to think that i'm not going to talk about that but when you meet these women Mm -hmm. Are they surprised? I've got two questions. Mm -hmm. Number one, are they surprised that you're so real and you're a minister? Mm -hmm. Yes, I get that now. I get, you know what? So I grew up Pentecostal holiness where wasn't nobody going to heaven but us, which it was okay. going to be a longer place because everybody was going to hell but us. So yes, you know, if, if one but us don't be that, then it was going to we're going to be in trouble anyway. But the other thing is, I have found out about this. Um, we put ourselves in bondage okay free christ said i'm free in him i'm free so that means i am totally free so i don't really buy into all of the what women can't do and what you can't do as a christian because if the holy spirit does not convict thee and, and see the holy spirit doesn't convict or condemn anyway so um that's of the enemy but if the holy spirit don't be like look Cass, slow your roll sis Yes, I don't have to worry about it because I used to. I used, and I still get a lot of flack um, for you know listening to secular music sometimes, or um, I might say something crazy from time to time. But what I've learned is a lot of times when people are have so much to say about you, it's their own internal stuff. Yes, ma'am. You know, yes, but because I'm gonna, I'm free in him. I'm I'm free. I ain't being bothered. Mm -hmm. Yes, ma'am. And and the last question for that is, you know, when things happen, at one time HIV was all over the news and that people were talking about it. And then the next thing you know, you don't hear about it, they come up with something else. So is it am I correct in saying just because you don't hear about it doesn't mean that it's gone? Oh man, we are in the middle of right now of, so um, the country is moving towards this ending the epidemic kind of thing, but they don't, they still don't have black women at the table. So I don't understand how you're going to end the epidemic and you don't have black women represented. So it is still a significant problem. Yes, uh, black women are still dying every day as a result of HIV. Yes, ma'am. Well, feel free to um, any information when once this interview is over that you need to tag under this video. Please mm -hmm. feel free to put it there. Um, the books. Yeah. So ministering, <laughs> advocating and then the books. Now, I'm going to show these books before we start talking about it. OK, because you got some interesting titles going on. <laughs> Even more curious after having some conversation with you, okay? Okay. So okay. Let's show the, let's show the books. Okay. Take the banner off. Let's see. Writer of wicked, gritty, faith-filled fiction. Creator yes. of reflective, faith-staring devotionals. Yes. Wow. Absolutely. That, wow. That's what I write. Yes. Wicked. Wow. They feel fiction. Yes. And I and I read that you said you were tired of going into the bookstore after bookstore and unable to find the types of books that spoke directly to your painful life challenges. Can you tell us about that? Oh my God. Yes. So when I started writing devotionals, of course, 
anytime you start showing up for God and doing his work, everything goes crazy. And I remember at one point, um, my husband and I, he had lost, he, 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 at the time he was working for Dale, he's making $70,000 a year. He lost his job. He was in a bad motorcycle accident. Um, our house was in foreclosure. It was just every week it was something else. And I would go to bookstores. Like I need somebody to tell me what to do to keep from killing this joker. I need somebody to tell me what to do to keep from setting my house on fire because they're going to foreclose if I get this shirt. I mean, I'm just keeping it 100. You yes, know, ma'am. I need to get through this without losing my mind in the process. And so, you know, there's some good stuff out there, but they wasn't speaking to what was going on in my house, what was, what was going on with me. And so one of my friends said, well, you need to write it. And I said, I, she's like, you write devotionals all day anyway. You need to write it because there are other people in those same situations who they can't tell anybody. They can't talk to anybody. Okay. And so I wrote Fully Persuaded, 30 Days of Encouragement in Times of Trouble. And that book was birthed out of five years of trouble. Like I can count them down the years. It was baby. Listen, I was in a famine. I was in the desert. I was in the darkness. I was in the heat. I was in the fire. I was in the flame for five, five years. And by the time, but, but, but when I came out, fully persuaded, because I was one of those Christians, I had to be persuaded. You know, I, I, I had to be persuaded. There's a scripture that said it was good for me that I was afflicted. Uh-huh. That was me. Because, see, I had one foot in and one foot out. You know, I, I serve God on Sunday, but on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, you know, I'm be at the car game or, you know, at the, yes, you, know, I'm, you know, I'd be here, there, and somewhere, everywhere, yes, you know, but I, I would outshout you on Sunday, but I was in a near fatal car accident. And, um, and I really found out who God was in those three seconds. So, um, after that, I was like, okay, God, you know what, me and you, I right, listen, I'm going to go ahead and submit and surrender. Right, and you can use me as okay. you because I ain't about that life. And literally, that book came about probably a year later because that book strictly, I tell people, if you're going through, if you are going through tests and trials and heartache and disappointment and frustration, that's the book you need. Fully Persuaded, 30 Days of Encouragement in Times of Trouble because, baby, when you are in trouble, when you are in show enough trouble, you need something that is going to pull you out. And that's what that book does. It absolutely speaks to those painful life situations. Child, listen, one time <laughs> I found out my husband was having an affair on Facebook. Listen, I'm, that's what I'm talking about. Those pain. You're like, wait a minute. Yes. That's what I talk about in those devotional books. Getting real honest, getting real raw about listen. I'm about to lose my mind in this furnace of affliction. God, you said that you would keep me if I keep my mind stayed on thee, but I'm having trouble keeping my mind on you because so many things are pulling me away. Now, what do you want me to do? You want me to go on and help you out and do your favor? Go on and bury them in the backyard. Y'all can go ahead and meet and reconcile face to face. Or <laughs> you want me to figure out how I need to still learn how to do this with grace. You know how to still go to work and smile, how to yeah. still laugh with my friends and talk when I'm dying on the inside, you know? So that's what that, and then fully constrained what faith can do is what happened when I came out of it. It's because even though in the worst of times, I never lost my faith in God. I've lost my faith in myself. 
I lost my faith in my relationships. I lost my faith in some friendships, but I never lost my faith in God. And so what faith can do talks about that processing of if you just hold on, if you just hang on in the worst of it, you're going to come out of it and you're going to be better and you're going to be stronger and you're going to be stronger and you're going to be wiser because that's absolutely what happens. God said he will sustain us and strengthen us. And that's what he does in our tests and our trials. Yes, ma'am. And all the books are powerful like this. Yes. And then, well, you know, wrath is a different kind of powerful. So wrath is the first novel I wrote in the seven deadly sins series. Wrath is about unmitigated, unchecked anger. And what happens when we don't reconcile ourselves to God? Um, this story is really about this guy named Wilson, who is a second generational police officer. His father gets killed in the line of duty. And Wilson gets angry at God and says, you know what? Uh, uh, If you couldn't stop my daddy from getting killed, ain't no way you God. So he has this processing that he has to go through. But in that processing, his sister is taken by um, a human trafficker. And so he's willing to do anything to get her back. But maybe he's not willing to reconcile himself with God to get her back. So this story is about what happens if you don't reconcile yourself at some point. Okay, and what do we have next? Woo! I'm I'm gonna read what you have next. <laughs> so then we have um. So I wrote a book. I followed up with that called "As I Live and Breathe," which is, was Natasha's story, but um, I pulled it off the market a couple years ago. Uh, uh, and you know because I was in, was this kind of like I don't think this is the story that I want to tell um right now like this yeah. and it's funny because i pulled that manuscript out about a month ago and said you know all right lord um what are we gonna do are we gonna we're gonna move forward and he said no you're gonna do envy the second book in the seven deadly sins series <laughs> that's what he said and it's seven it's seven deadly sins seven deadly sins uh-huh yep so what is that about to finish them we don't want to we don't want it okay we need to get the books. Amazon. Can, can you just give us like a couple of the deadly sins that you're writing about? So um, I'm working on envy now. Okay. Envy is about what happens when what you think God gave you isn't good enough. Because okay. that's what envy is. Envy is ultimately saying what God gave me is not good enough. Um, after that one will probably be greed or either sloth. I'm not really sure which of the two. Um, but I, I kind of got those storylines in my head. Um, greed is simply that. What happens when we let greed, our, our, our greed supersedes everything that's ever been important to us? Wow. I'm going to, um, yeah, we're going to have to have you back on the show if you'll come. Um, <laughs> Daya, Daya is really into this conversation. Um, okay. Daya says, that's where you're thankful for the anointing and power. God will carry us through. And as you go through, God will give you the strength to trouble trouble to trouble mm -hmm. like trouble i guess oh yes absolutely she said oh that was oh her question i'm sorry mm -hmm. um the books your books are on amazon yes uh-huh i put it up there so um diet when i went in and googled cassandra dorm comma amazon they came right up you may know that um you and Miss Cassandra might want to get together and uh, network with what Daya has going on also. Ooh. So, the candles. Oh, Black Girl Candle Company. Black Girl Candle 
Black girl can't. I, you know what? This is my baby. This is this is my baby. Well, don't hire anyone to do commercials for you. <laughs> Keep doing your own promotional video because um, I got this um, Black Girl Candle Company Honey Bourbon Sunrise. Mm-hmm. I got it because you were on Facebook just showing your butt. Talking about the candle, the candle. No, yeah. I'm only kidding. You, you were wonderful, and it was enough to make me um say, "Hey, I got at least try one." And mm-hmm. I posted a, a review. And for those that watch my show, I said I had to wait until Lover came home to light it, um, because he was the candle connoisseur. <laughs> he likes it, <laughs> so we'll be getting some more. Yay, so, I on your website. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have a way with words. <laughs> Black Girl Candle, Candle Company was the perfect way to marry her love of a great smelling man mm-hmm. and fantastic fragrances. Fragrances. Each scent is mixed and remixed until it arouses memories of a hot tropical vacation, days sitting at the table at grandma's kitchen, or even the Tatillating, tatillating, sweet recollection, recollection of the one who got away. Come on now, cause yeah. we all that one that got away, Miss Miss Cassandra. Yeah, I want to come to church. I want to come hear you preach. <laughs> and I want to come to that girl's lunch too. <laughs> come on. Well, you know the thing about it is, so for me, like even an ugly man, if yes, man. Will get your attention. You, yes, ma'am. You got a talk game. Now he can have your, you know, he can have your attention. But the thing about it is, with make him jealous. Yes, ma'am. It is one of those fragrances. Like I love a man who smells good. I absolutely love a man who smells good. And so um, I wanted to create something mm, that will make you every time you open it, you just go, mm. you know. And I tell people, make him jealous is when you know. When Boo ain't quite acting right, he acting a little crazy. Doing <laughs> like this, so Boo be so like, who, who, baby, who been here? If you'd have been home, you would know. Okay. Really? Yes, yes. And so, baby, come back is always the one who got away. That scent, that's you know, when I was mixing this scent, that song was playing because I I mixed to music, and it's kind of whatever the vibe is. And yes. baby, come back. It's, it's, it's always say, you know, you at Golden Corral somewhere and you see your ex and he with his girlfriend and she missing two of her teeth in the front. And you know, he's looking at you saying, baby, if you just come back, but you like, no, 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 bro. Mm-mm. And of course, honey bourbon sunrise. Oh, I love it. I love it. That, that's that girl's trip. You know, you and your girls, y'all go out, y'all, y'all gone to Mexico somewhere. And you know, you have that wonderful encounter in Jamaica or whatever and you standing at the back of the overlooking at the blue water and you just kind of going boy laughing mm. so that that's what honey bourbon sunrise it conjures up these images and make him eat it I get so much flack about this candle I laugh because it's a play on words what is it what is it it's make him eat it and describe that what is a play on words when you burn this candle literally People be talking about when they smell it, they're like, I want to eat that candle. And I'm like, I know. Yes, ma'am. I know because that's what it's about, you know. So it's literally a play on words. So my Christian folk don't, don't, it's just a play on words. The candle is good, though. The candle is good. 
<laughs> so that's part of how Black Girl Plumber Company for me represents all of us Black girls. Where know? did it come from? It literally came from the fact, I always say I am such a Black girl. Like I went to an HBCU, you know, I got degrees, but I don't want to fight you in food line parking lot, but I will. I don't want to. You know, I'm such a black girl. Like I run the gamut. And I think that there's other black girls just like that. Of like, we do, we run the gamut. And we've been told that we're too loud and we need to dim our light. And no, we're gonna shine. No, 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 no. We are black girls and we fully are magical. And I, that's that's what it is for me. Anything else? No, <laughs> listen, I say anything else because I'm waiting. I mean. Yeah, keep promoting yourself, beautiful. Thank you. I mean, it's gonna be all right if you want me to do a commercial or something for you, but I'm I not gonna do. be able to I do. I do. I'm not gonna be able to do it like you. It's, it's your spirit, your smile, your laughter, your play with play of words that's gonna bring customers. And if they want the candles, can you tell us the name of them one more time? Sure. Baby come back. Okay. That one. Baby come back. Okay. Make me jealous. Okay. Honey Bourbon Sunrise, which is one of my favorites. That's probably one of my favorites. Yes, and then, of course, make him eat it. Last but not least, make him eat it. And then we're dropping, um, I think we're going to have two more ready this month, and then we'll um, come out with the fall series um, probably by mm, probably mid-September. Okay, okay. How's it going? Well, how long have you been doing it? Um, Since maybe February. Okay. And how's yeah. it going? Wonderful, wonderful. And we launched um, July 31st and it was awesome. So we got a lot of support. And that's why I was dancing on Facebook to just know that that many women were supporting me. And I was like, oh, we dancing today then. We about to do this today. Got you me to get a candle. I said, I'm going to leave. Mary J. Blige and like, yes, yes, yeah. Celebrate. Yeah. So, so if they want the candles, they're going to go to uh, www.blackgirlcandlecompany.com blackgirlcandlecompany.com yes ma'am Daya also wants you to know she's from Raleigh she's down there all the time so okay. I really think Daya wants you to connect with her okay. I think that would be a good thing Um, beautiful it's been nice thank you so much I appreciate you having me it's been really nice is there anything you else you need to tell anybody like how they can follow you or anything? Oh, absolutely. Please uh, reach out to me on Facebook. Um, um, it's Cassandra Durham. You can email me at CassDurham2012 at gmail.com. That's CassDurham2012 Cass at gmail.com. You can catch me on Facebook, Cassandra Durham, and you catch me on Instagram at Black Girl Candle Company. Okay. Are you, before we go, you speak at and facilitate workshops. Is that only in Raleigh or will you travel? Nope. I go up and down the East Coast all the time. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I appreciate you. Take care and keep being real and giving the good words from God. Okay. Okay. Have a bye great bye. day. Right, bye. <laughs> bye bye. Hey, that was another awesome interview. Yeah, I laughed a lot. See, it's the people that God's bringing into my life. You guys, thank you for tuning in. I am Stacey Thomas, Unrestricted Unlimited. Always like to remind you guys, don't stress too much about yesterday. Don't worry too much about tomorrow. If you do, you just might miss living today. My t-shirts can be found by way of contacting me. 
It's business. I'm a boss. There are other shirts that you can check out. My books are on Amazon. Please feel free to inbox me or email me at IamStacyThomas at gmail.com. If you have a story that needs to be shared, if you have something that you believe will motivate and inspire others, have a great weekend.